0: Love Talk Radio.
1: What's going on, Minor Nation? It is Thursday, March the 9th, and we got a little something to celebrate. I'm Anthony Salome, live with Alex Nicholas here on the Rush Podcast. Miners coming up victorious, 86-76 over Rice. Made us sweat a little bit, though, at the end. I mean, it, it, was, it was never really in doubt, but once you see Wilms go out, you see... Uh, uh, Jones go out, you see Paul Thomas go out, then you're starting to think, damn, who else do we have down that bench?
0: March Madness, baby. Yep. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're dealt those hands, you're dealt those bad hands, but this UTEP team, every time I fucking doubt them, bro, every time I doubt them, they, they 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 not only prove me wrong but they do it in a way in a, in a mature way if that makes any sense where you can have all that but you have Trey shit stepping up and playing good defense you have Ivan Venegas come in with nine big minutes three rebounds hit a couple free throws I mean those little yeah. things are, are are quote unquote championship style of player however you want to you know make it but you know definitely it was it was a solid win. I mean that first half man I mean Dominic Artist I mean you talking about a guy possessed. You're talking about a guy that felt disrespected. You're talking about a guy playing with his chip on his shoulder, 681 one, there it is. <laughs> that, uh, that is what I saw from Dominic Artis. I saw a guy that, for, for, first of all, did not want to go home. Yeah. You know, a guy that, that, that is intent on, on helping this team get as far as he can get them. Number two, he looked across there and said, there's no way that, that, that Marcus Evans is better than me. And, and Dominic Artis physically proved that in this game. And number three, I mean, this guy has been, you know, that grease to the, to the miner's wheel, to the squeaky wheel. He just been, his ability to fill up the stat sheet, and now his ability to defend and take guys out of the game. I mean, it's that first half was a clinic. Turn it around. Once again, they shoot 60% and a half against Rice. And Rice, defensively, you know, the, UTEP was just able to pick him apart with ball movement. You know, they penetrated that defense, that zone defense, going 6-10 to 10 in the first half. You know, it was really good to watch. But then that second half, like you mentioned, it, it wasn't – for for the first time in a while it wasn't so much the miners horrible play you know it was it was the foul trouble and i don't think i, I want to i don't want to sit here and blame it on the refs cuz i think there was a couple of dumb fouls oh, to dumb go foul. with some ticky yeah, there tack some fouls
1: calls. there were some but there was tack more calls. the dumb fouls but, were but the compounded. thing is that when you're when you're playing on such a thin team you know you have to understand that you can't put mm-hmm. yourself in a situation where the ref is going to make a early call on in the game especially early on in the game Those, the, there was two possessions in a row or it might have even been on the same possession where Matt already had one foul and, and he was trying to block shots. And, you know, at that point, three minutes into the game, you just have to settle down and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go straight up, hands straight up. I'm going to try to make him work for his basket, but you just can't risk picking up that second foul so early. Now it, it was, you know, it, what was interesting is that Matt came out and, and looked, unstoppable in those first few minutes. He, I mean, looked it, it looked like he was gonna go for twenty-five. Yep. And and then he gets in foul trouble and he has to sit for a while. And and you know, being Captain Obvious here, it w- it was great that we were able to get off to that type of start, be able to shoot the basketball the way that we did. But I kind of felt like so so in the first in the opening minutes we we hit like a few shots. DA hit a couple of eight threes. of the first fourteen. Um, you know, there was there was definitely some good shooting. But as the half kind of wore on that that we really cooled down. Yeah. And it wasn't till late in the first half because they they got back to within like five points, I think like that at one point. And, and you know, I was thinking to myself, we need to make sure this is at seven or eight at the half and not one or two, because we'd be in yeah. a in a dog fight with a lot of foul trouble if that was the case. And we just exploded 20 to five. and pushed that out to twenty-point game. And um I mean, that right there was the difference in the game, but what was what was so great about it is that these guys, it wasn't just shooting well. They were rebounding well. They were playing good defense. On both ends, you know, offensive rebounds. You know, fast break points, points in the paint. You name it, they were dominating, and that's what it takes to, to win in March. And and especially for a team like UTEP, you, you have to be able to, to play well, come out of the gates fast, jump out to an early lead, and hang on to the end because when you're playing seven or eight guys deep, and then you have guys like Chris Barnes coming off the bench that, the guy has – I mean, how many minutes has he played all year? You know what I'm saying? Like, he probably Harvey played – Ivan Venegas. You know, those are guys that play probably on average less than a minute a game and, and came in this – you know, today and played eight to ten minutes each, which is – you know, it's great to have that. But you can't rely on that, you know, day in on day, and day out, especially as we move on tomorrow. Hosting – or I shouldn't say hosting. They're the they're the, the top seed. Middle Tennessee – uh against us in the, in the uh, Conference of Tournament. Is it going to be at Legacy or is it at Yeah, no, nah,
0: no. Nah, the women move over to Legacy tomorrow. Okay, the so we're and men go over to Bartow? Ten thirty in the morning Damn, That's the time. Damn, that's... For one, that shows how shitty the TV deal is because, you, know, yeah. you I mean, final games at, you know, 12.30 Eastern. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, just... What, what did you think about... What, what do you think about this when I tell you that I feel this UTEP team is as strong as, as Dominic Artis and, and Omega Harris are going into this game against Middle Tennessee, do you, you get the sense like I do that if the, if both of these guys are 20-point are, are scorers no matter what, if, if, and that's really much saying more to, 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 to Harris. If Harris scores 20 points and Artis uh, fills up the stat sheet, I mean, can, can this UTEP team battle that adversity they had against Rice and, and keep up? and hold the lead against Middle Tennessee State as good as Artis and Harris can be? Or do you still feel that this game – UTEP has to play perfect is basically what I'm trying to ask you in this game against Middle Tennessee State. I mean, I I really feel that Artis and Harris can control the game, particularly against really any backcourt in Conference USA, particularly Middle Tennessee State. But I don't know if you can can go through that foul trouble and have Venegas playing nine minutes against a Ja'Cory Williams or a Reggie Upshaw and and hold – a 10-point lead, hold that 8-point lead in the stretch. Now, they played poise, but, I mean, are they that – is this UTEP team turned that corner where they can rely on Harrison Artis to kind of get them through those rough spots and be able to score and produce and make plays? I mean, you see it in the NBA, but can that translate into tomorrow in this championship setting? I don't
1: think – I don't think this is a game where where you want to have D.A. and Omega scoring 20 points because if if you ask me what that ends up meaning is that – you're in a, in a 60s, 70s, you know, type ball game, you know. And I don't know if we can keep pace with Middle Tennessee into that type of play. You, you need to have it mud up and, and kind of like you saw it in El Paso. 58, 50, in the 57, 50s, whatever it was. You know, that's the type of game that's going to give us an opportunity to win. Um, and and it, it, it's great. I mean, if you see Dominic Artis and Omega Harris score 20 points apiece, I mean, I think we're going to be in the ball game. But I just don't know that we can win that type of game. But when you throw them off their game, you defend the three-point line, don't let them get – and that's a big thing is not letting them get out to a league because that's what we did not do here in El Paso. If you all remember, we were down, um, what was it, like 15 or 17 points in the second half and, and made that huge run, came back, and, and, and somehow got away with that win. I mean, we scored 16 points in the first half against them. Yeah. You know, that's something that cannot happen tomorrow. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a muddied up game, low scoring game. But we, we cannot afford to get out to a slow start and try to dig ourselves out a hole like we did in El Paso. You don't have the crowd behind you. You know they're fighting for their tournament lives right now because that's a team as we've seen in Conference USA year after year, and, and in other conferences. You know you can be the best team in the league, hands down, and and likely deserving of an automatic bid, or should at large bid, not automatic bid. You know. And then you can end up losing in the semis of your of your tournament or the finals of your tournament, and not make the NCAA tournament. You know, we've seen it time and time again. We've seen 28, 29, 30 win teams that are not major conference teams, and they've been snubbed on those bids. So Middle Tennessee is a team that's going to be in a. I mean, they're fighting with everything they've got to ensure to ensure that they're making it. You know, to that tournament. Not only that, they've got something to prove here. UTEP is the only team that beat this team in conference play. And, and they're going to want to come out and say, hey, that was a fluke. You know, you all got lucky out there. We got cold. You went on a run. You, you came up with the win on your home court, but that's not going to happen on, on, on a neutral floor. And that's what this team is – I mean, that's the team we're facing. It, it's going to be a completely different ball game from as far as Middle Tennessee's mindset from what it was a month ago. But UTEP has to try somehow to make sure that the scoring ends up somewhat like it was. That's the only way, in my opinion, that that we have a chance to beat this team tomorrow.
0: And and I saw exactly what you're talking about, that mindset, watching the morning game against UTSA, the way they jumped out at UTSA and just crippled them from the beginning and basically made UTSA walk on one leg the rest of the game five-score and double-figures, for then they get a double-digit score off the bench. like Xavier Habersham, that's, that, that type of athlete, that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six athlete, the guy that can get to the rim, the guy that can step out and shoot, the guy that can get to the free-throw line, those are the guys I'm going to C-State has to be able to break down the UTEP and to get you into foul trouble. And that's exactly what they did to UTSA today. You know, they, they just were – they just suffocated them defensively. And, the, and then, you know, you add in that, that the Ja'Cory Williams factor, which he wasn't a big factor that much in terms of impact, Ja'Cory Williams, but that kid's a big-time player, and he can make an impact. He made impacts here and there in the game, but I really felt that towards – like you mentioned, we were able to fight back in that game. UTEP was finally able to X him out, but for a while there, we couldn't stop him. And for a while, he was just almost automatic inside 15 feet in the paint. So that's going to be a key, you know, to be able, like you mentioned, just, just to be able to match their mindset. Because I saw a team that looked like an NCAA tournament team today. That was a team that was mentally, you know, with with, with their personnel, with what they've done last year, and the guys that return. That mindset of that team was, scary. and that's going to be something that UTEP is going to really going to have to to match first and foremost. And I don't think that middle Tennessee state is definitely overlooking this UTEP team. One, no, one no, bit. No I'm pretty sure what they saw in that first half of rice, they know what can happen. They know, you know, obviously Tim Floyd and, and, and uh, you know, Kermit Davis, we've talked about that relationship on the podcast before. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, the game plan and looking at Kempom Palm, which is kind of a close uh, projection to what Vegas kind of puts out there. They have, uh, Middle Tennessee is a ten-point favorite right now. 82% chance uh, of Middle Tennessee State uh, beating. sixty eight fifty is the projected score, and I can kind of see fair. that. And that, that's, that's fair. fair. I, I would put I would put the line somewhere in eight and a half, nine points. I don't know if it's, I don't know if you want to look it up real quick while, while we're yeah. on the subject. Um, you know, but I kind of I kind of agree with you that you know. Even if Dominic Artis and and Harris have great games in the 20s, let's just say people aren't playing well, you know, in terms of offense around them. You know, this team is still proving that they can defend well, you know, but can they defend and stay out of foul trouble and keep Middle Tennessee State off the line? I don't want to see here if there's a free throw percentage that I can get where I know there are definitely a respectable free throw shooting team actually on this. They are one of the worst free-throw shooting teams uh, coming in here. But regardless, you, you don't want to get yourself in that position where you have to have Ivan Venegas play 10 minutes yeah, a game. No you know, we, we, you know Kevin, Kelvin Jones is starting to really, really become an effective offensive rebounder. UTEP hasn't had that since Vince Hunter. You know what I mean? And, and Vince, it, it was kind of in bunches. It wasn't consistent. Like, Kelvin, it seems like every time Kelvin's on the floor, you know, UTEP can kind of afford to take, quote-unquote, bad shots. So if you're able to play with Wilms and, and, uh, Wilms and Jones in stretches, I think that's going to be a big key for UTEP. If they can get some effective minutes, like so keeping both of them out of foul trouble, but be able to play them to, to protect the rim from Ja'Cory Williams and force Middle Tennessee State into a jump shooting team if possible. Now, they're a good shooting team with Giddy Potts, Edward Simpsons, those guys can shoot. But I think that's going to be a big key to, to be able to, to, to play with matchups so UTEP can use their size you know, to their advantage in terms
1: of protecting that rim. Foul trouble is going to be so key, so crucial in this For game, both sides. For both sides. But, you know, you look back at the game a month ago, and, uh, you know, Reggie Upshaw. Oh, scoreless. Who, exactly. You know, talking about a guy that I, – and I, I didn't even – honestly, I didn't pay attention to where he came out in the – I think he's a second
0: team. Second but, team. But,
1: but he came in as a, as a potential – first team and potential player the And year, that wipes you off the had board, had going scoreless against anybody. Yeah. It so, doesn't matter who it exactly. is. Exactly. And so, for him to be held scoreless completely changed that game. And and he was the one in foul trouble. I mean, he picked up two right away, came back in, got his Wimps third. Went and, and so, you know, it, assuming that's not the case tomorrow, that's another factor that's going to be involved that, that we didn't see a month ago. And, and you know, he just went for 21 today, I think. 21 or yeah. 21, yeah, 21, six, six rebounds, two assists. So, um, that's another force there, and, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what type of lineups Tim Floyd goes with. I mean, if that's he does, gonna, yeah. if he does try to go, you know, like you're talking about two bigs, or actually, when you think about it, three bigs. If you're going, you know, your two guards, Paul Thomas, and then your two bigs, it can match that, up. I mean, you can definitely match up, but, but for how long? Exactly, and, and how and, and, and you know, the one thing that I will say about Calvin Jones, I mean, the guy's a work in progress, and he's getting better every day, no doubt about it. He's a little too active way, on the offensive way too end, active. you know, uh, overactive, I should say, because you know there's there's times you know to, where you want to go after offensive rebounds and you want and I mean obviously you'd always like to have an extra possession, but you also have to use your fouls smart. You have to be smart about when you take your fouls, and that's something that he's not really learning just yet. And so he's going over the back of guys, bumping into guys, trying to get boards, and that's the the, the enthusiasm and the activity level, the energy level is great, but we need him on the floor more than anything you know what i'm saying and so that's one thing that has to change tomorrow he's got to be able to control his I, I i'm not even sure what the i mean i'm sure we can figure it out but his minutes played per game compared to fouls like he's probably playing 2 to 3 minutes for every foul that he that he accumulates and,
0: and he's no, still he's, tough. Like, and he's still leading the team in block shots and offensive rebounds which you know th- so that's my question to you at this point of the year though do, do you if you're Tim Floyd do you really have like a come to jesus moment with them you know what I mean? They, oh, in, in, in turn, where the kid's kind of playing too timid. You know what I mean? Do you, do you, is that naive? Do you, I, I kind of think that naiveness that he has or whatever. Nah, I don't know if naiveness is a word or whatever. But, you know, it, it's just his it, rawness in the game. You know, I, I, I think that's kind of a positive. But, yeah, today I, in one particular play that really bothered me, I think he picked up his third, was on, on a free throw where he was real aggressive on a free throw and he just, he was called for
1: foul because and he I was out the of one position. And I before that was pretty ticky-tack. Yeah. But, but when you're in that situation, you can't, like I said about Williams, you can't let the refs, you know, make that decision for you. You got to just back off, especially on a free throw. Yeah. Just back off. Let's go play defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no need to get yourself into foul trouble like that, especially when Matt's already in foul trouble. Um, and
0: you who know, prevents Just to mention uh, real
1: quick, you uh, UTEP opens as an eight and a half point dog against right. Tennessee tomorrow. That's according to Vegas. And some books have moved it up to nine now. It's about eight and a half and nine, depending on what, what sports book you're looking at. But I mean that's about right. Like we're saying, eight to ten points is fair. I mean, that's that's probably something that you could expect. I mean, you would think UTEP comes out to play. Look has fifteen straight against the spread. We we have talked about this very a lot of times. The biggest issue with this team is the inconsistency from Jake Flagger and Trey Tuchet. Now, those guys, especially Tuchet, has started to come around a little bit. He's made some more plays. He's always been a good defender. But tomorrow's a game where they cannot disappear. They cannot be on the floor for 25, 30 minutes and, and, and one come of up five, with a two-point you know, effort. We can't have that tomorrow. There's going to be opportunities for them to knock down open shots they've got to be able to knock down a couple that's going to loosen up the defense, not only for Dominic and and Omega, but for the bigs down low as well. If that defense knows that they got to protect that three-point line, it's going to open them up. It's going to, it's going to change a lot of things defensively for middle Tennessee. If they're not able to knock down those shots, I think it's going to make our, you know, our offense become one dimensional. We're going to be seeing a lot of one-on-one guys trying to beat guys off the dribble. That's not a recipe for success. So, If UTEP is going to have a chance to win tomorrow, either or Trey Tuchet, Well, let's put it this way. I'm going to say 14 points
0: combined Combined.
1: out of those two guys. If you can have one hit 10 points and another one have four or five points,
0: I think you're going to have a real good chance to win. Look at Trey Tuchet, what he's done going back to the FIU game, which is the last four games of the season. You go against FIU, 12 points, only takes one shot from inside the three-point line, goes two of two from three-point land. Then you go the next game against Old Dominion, the game that the matchup is similar to this one where he's going to have a bigger, more athletic guy on him, but he's able to slip away. Trey scores 12 points, takes only two shots from inside. I think both of them were layups. and he goes two for three from, from three-point land. Now you, know, you fast forward to the Charlotte game, same deal. 12 point, uh, six points this time, but two of five from three-point land. You know, not obviously we know he's not a slasher. And then you go to what he did today: two of five from three-point line, hit two free throws, scores ten points. Uh, you know, use three fouls. He used those wisely as well. And only one and only three turnovers in the last four games and all the minutes that he's played. Those two to three three three-pointers, like you said, mixed with two to three three three-pointers from Jake are going to be just so huge for this team. That is what's going to blow Middle Tennessee State back. That is what's going to throw those body blows to be able to get themselves in the game, whether they're down, whether they're trying to build a lead, whether it's a close game to try to create some distance. And you hit it right on the head, and you're starting to see, and we were kind of talking about it today with David Mihalis from Minor Illustrated, where Touche is almost at that point where you're almost starting to feel like he's got the confidence where he's going to be automatic. Like he's right there. This is the closest Trey has been in Trey. We've kind of been, we've been hard on Trey a a little bit over the past year, but now you're seeing like finally now all the minutes are paying off all the practices, the redshirt year. And you're just seeing that, that those two to three point, those three to two, two to three three pointers made in the game could turn into four, five, six at one point, which we kind of expected when we signed Trey. And that's something I think is just going to be a huge X factor. And that is just going to really – throw off Kermit Davis' his defensive game plan with that one three one, which again is suffocating. And that's that's another thing. what I'm kinda of worried about it is getting kind of complacent and where they're able to stretch that one three one. And we're not getting into offense until 15, 12 seconds left in the shot clock. And we're not getting fluid offensive looks. And I think that is another thing that's going to be on the shoulders of Dominic Artist. You know, an artist can handle that. But I think that is going to be a key to be able to get out of those corners in that one three one and to be able to use a full 30-second shot clock, you know, and be able to get valuable possessions, keep the ball out of their hands, kind of like a, a running game in football. You know, UTEP's ball movement is going to be key for them to get open looks, to feed Matt Williams, get Matt Williams going towards the basket, whether it's an alley-oop yeah. or, or on the pass. And that is going to be key because if, if, if Middle Tennessee extends that defense and Dominic Artis can weave, dribble around that, two-step that, <laughs> I think that's going to be a key. So uh, while on, I, I was thinking about this earlier, Kind of getting off subject. Just talking conference. Just talking in general. Talking UTEP in general. I want to get your thoughts on this. Dominic Artis was taking like conference USA player for so like score 400 points, 100 rebounds. You've read Jeff Darby's press uh, press release on that one. If if Dominic Artis can get this team to the NCAA tournament, I'm thinking big picture here. Where would you would you put him on that pedestal of great UTEP point guards? At, or, or you know what I mean? Or, or is 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 it almost set because of this one season and what he did last year? If he can get that, because I, I I'm looking at this game today and thinking this guy has an opportunity to really really etch his name. And and you know I think it it's, it means something to him because Dominic Artist is a basketball gym rat and he knows the history and he respects the history of that. And I really think that this guy, if if, if it's gonna happen, if it's gonna have if, if 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 that lady's gonna sing for the UTEP finally in seven years that it's taken. I think it's going to be Dominic artist, and I think he may etch himself into that upper echelon. What do, you, what do you think on that? I know that's crazy talk, but, I mean, what do you kind of – I mean, I don't, I don't think it's far off, to be honest. Okay. With the Philly Riveras, with the Eddie Riveras, with the Stones, with, uh, you know, the Prince Stewart, going back, going yeah, back to – Yeah, I
1: mean, you, you, you bring up those names. I mean, those are those are big-time names. In, in and if, and an artist, because like you said, if, if, if this is going to happen, if you're just going to beat Middle th- Tennessee if State tomorrow th- – it's you, going to be hard. You, you look at what he's done. I mean, let me just count this up real quick. 13 straight, something like that. 13 straight double-digit scoring games. Um, so you got, many you, 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 you double-doubles. You've got some where you're close to double-doubles. He's got a couple double-doubles. Three or four times triple-doubles. Triple um, I mean, so the guys definitely played well. But this team and has never won. Exactly. You, you, you look, and, and when you really think about it, I mean, there's a lot of guys in, in all of sports that were very good. Their teams were pretty bad, and they were never really recognized for Marino for as good as they were. Well, I mean, Marino goes down as one yeah. of the best of all time, but maybe would be the best of all time if he had a exactly. couple of but That's always the so, yeah, it's it definitely yeah, it, it's definitely something to consider. And, you know, con- the UTEP basketball teams these last couple of years have just been so bad that it, it's hard to put him in that conversation. Um, it's not like you have this one guy that's carrying you night in and night out, scoring 20, 25 points a night on a regular basis, you know. But he affects the 18, game 20, in so way, many ways. He does, though. he does, and he's been great for this team. And, like, you know, you watch an effort like today, 26, 10, and 6, I mean, you can't ask anymore I mean that's a point guard going for 26 points. Like usually you don't see that. They're more facilitators, and he'll do anything that it takes to win. And um, you know, I think a conference championship would have definitely cemented that legacy. Like an actual you know regular season. I think if he were to somehow lead this team to a conference tournament, it'll get him in the conversation of being around that. But. I think ultimately the only way to truly give him that is, is to see him win an NCAA tournament game. Okay. Which I don't know I that, that, that which I, I don't know which I don't know that that can actually happen But no, but I see what you're saying. I, I can, I can if agree. win I this can. tournament. We're going to be a 16 seed Yeah, or a play-in game. And and, I'll, and I would give him let's put it this way, I would give him the play-in game. If he wins that playing game, then we'll then we'll really have a serious conversation about it. I don't expect him to go out and beat a one seed. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, that's never happened before. That's that's unrealistic. But I just there's just been there have been some inconsistencies in his game from time to time, especially last year. And to put him in a conversation with a guy like, you know, Eddie Rivera, a guy like Jeep Jackson, you know. Philly Rivera. Philly Rivera. Rivera or Julian even Stone. Going, Julian Stone, I mean, to name, some of the, to name some of the more recent ones. But, I mean, there's, a, there's been a lot of point guards that have come through here that have been really good athletes and yeah. really good basketball players. Talk about Tim Hardaway. You know, to put him in those conversations, I don't know if I can do it just yet, man.
0: I just I just uh, thought it was. I, let's
1: put it this way. I wish the guy had one more year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. I wish it. he had one more year because he would definitely be in that conversation with another year at his belt.
0: I, I just felt like if if Dominic artist can 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 do the unthinkable and win these next two games, I was just wondering like would people consider him up there? You know what I mean? turn. You know because he was a big part of this turnaround with his defense, with his ability to affect the game. I just was wondering like where would people rank Dominic artist? You know what I mean in terms of of just compared to these UTEP grades, and that's and – it's kind of unfair maybe to Dominic because, yeah, he hasn't been on great teams, you know, and maybe, you know, part of that, it could be his fault, it could be not his fault, but all these other guys have NCAA tournaments, multiple NCAA tournaments, multiple, you know, championships, conference championships, regular season championships, but I just felt like legacy-wise, you know, if the unthinkable happens, you know, artists – the conversation could, should be started, just to kind of see, yeah. and I don't think he would rank up there high, but I think you kind of just, you, you kind of sweep him I, just I could in that him, class.
1: I could, let's, let's put it this way. If he wins a conference tournament, I could see him as a guy that in ten fifteen 15 years you're bringing back, you know, at the UTEP games, you know, Dominic Artis, you know, they're presenting yeah. him, but I don't see him as a guy that gets his jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I, yeah, like, yeah. Like but, I, I would take it to that level where like, you're going to honor him at some point for being a great yeah. minor, but I don't know that he's on that level with, yeah. with the, all time yeah, exactly that you're exactly. like, all right, your numbers are But he should ir- be sweeped in the room. I, I just felt
0: like, I, I yeah, and, I, and I, I that's kind of my point. I don't think he should be put on the pedestal up there, but
1: I think he should be in that room if there's you ever a reunion of that of great point guards, if it happens. The one thing that can't be overstated about this guy is is what he's done personally yeah oh because man you you look at where he was before he got to UTIP. there were a lot of questions when he got to UTIP. there was still i don't know i shouldn't say this i don't know if it's true or not i don't know exactly what i want to say the investigation was still ongoing or had just finished i mean you know, there were still some issues with like some of the other players that were involved lawsuits and there was a lot of stuff going on or name one. was cleared but th- there, there was, was still clubs, yeah some some, some some you know talk and, and there were a lot of questions, but this kid has come out has, has put it behind him, has turned the corner and has become not only a basketball player, but a leader, a man, you know, and that's, that's what you're looking for most, you know, so that, that can't be overstated. The guy has done amazing um, on and off the court. And, and, you know, he's become a true leader and that's, that's all you can ask for out of these guys. And um, I, I hope, I hope, it ends in uh, you know. You hope that we can. Out. We oh, hope God. that next week we can. come back to no conversation,
0: conversation, man. No doubt about it. So getting back to the Middle Tennessee State game tomorrow, the main keys that if UTEP knocks out one, there are three keys that because ha- I really feel four or five things have to happen well for UTEP to, to you know to win this game. Not so much win this game, give themselves a chance in the final four minutes.
1: So the number one thing is defense, and it's easy to say, but I wanna I wanna go a little further into that. A few weeks ago, we talked about it, and I was telling you that, you know, I was looking over the numbers, and in UTEP's winning streak that had first started, that nine-game winning streak or whatever it was, um, they had gone from allowing opponents in the first 14 games of the year, whatever it was, over nine three-pointers a game and over, like, 45% from the field, okay? Then during that nine-game win streak, they clipped that nine down to about five, and they clipped that 45 down to like 36, 38 in that range. And the rebounding the margin numbers. increased too. And the rebounding margin got better as well. And I don't remember those exact numbers, but it was in that range. So defense is is, key, is, is the biggest thing. It's got to be a low-scoring game for them to have a chance. And so you have to hold these guys down around 40% shooting. I mean, if we hold them under 40, we've got a real chance to win. But it's got to be right around forty. It's got to be you know 40, 41. It can't be 48, 50 percent. We're done if they're shooting that. that field. means they're getting layups. And, and also <laughs> the three, those two things. You know, the, the overall field goal percentage and the, and the three-point field goal percentage. If they're gonna take you know forty threes, which it happens every now and then, you'll give up nine of them. You know what I'm saying? But you 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 definitely want to stay down in the four threes made and hold them under like. You know, under thirty percent for sure. Down maybe twenty-five percent. So if if we're giving up six or seven threes, they better be taking a hell of a lot of threes to get that many. You know what I'm saying? So if we're holding them down around five threes made and right around forty percent from the from the from the field goals, we're we're definitely going to have an opportunity to win this game. So that's that's. I mean, that's easy to say with defense, but that's the most important thing right there. What's the number two? Foul trouble. I mean, this isn't a team that has the depth to be able to put Matt Williams on the bench against a team like Middle Tennessee. I mean, he's got to be out there for 32 minutes tomorrow, 34 minutes tomorrow, you know? Um, same thing with Dominic Artis and Omega Harris. We haven't really seen a whole lot of foul trouble with them, but there have been issues at times with them picking up dumb fouls. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Harris, Artis, yeah. Dominic Artis is more, more than Harris, I think, but either way, those are guys that need to play their 37, 38 yeah. minutes. They, they can't be off the court tomorrow. They just can't. And then the number three thing is is going to be, like I was talking about, you know, Flaggert, Touche. Those guys have to knock down some shots. We've seen that Flaggert, has, I mean, that Touche has done well these last four games, averaging 10 points a game over the last four. Um, but you look at what was going on before that, and you had a lot of two points, one point, six points, three points. And, and Flaggert, man, um, th- that guy still hasn't really come around for us. And he's had a couple games. He's shown that he can still hit the three. What I, what I see from from Jake, though, he starts to get a little gunshot. Like, if he misses a shot, he don't want to take it the next time. And that's not how you, you – you have to want to shoot that basketball. He needs
0: three or four looking You know what I'm game. saying?
1: Like, if, if you miss one, sh- true shooters, true shooters go, I just missed that shit. I'm going to hit the next one. Like, you, you better not give me that shot again because I'm going to knock it down on you. And Jake, if you notice, he gets that ball and he looks a pass right one, away. Yeah. And so we can't have that tomorrow. If he gets those open looks, he's got to capitalize for this team. He's got to knock them down. Those I'm telling you, we need over 14 points for us to win this game. I think you get you get seven and seven or eight and seven, ten and six, something like that. I think you're going to have a real good opportunity to win this game. If they both come away and they've got two points, three points, and you're relying solely on the scoring from Dominic Artis and Matt Williams, you know, you, I, I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to do.
0: It's gonna be, it is gonna be a crazy game. I mean, we haven't even talked about Paul Thomas. Man. Yeah, and that that's another X factor guy that can really pierce. And and you talking, you talked earlier about stretching out their defense. If if you get Paul Thomas knocking down a 15 to 17 footer, and, and you know, for I mean, just wait until. Paul Thomas is able to get into the weight room this year and build a frame on him yeah. because he's learning how to throw his body in there and bang. And and that is, is something that, that, that is helping him score. It's helping him rebound. It's helping him defend. And now, you know, he, he's getting caught. And in, in, in I think it's inexperienced that the foul on the three-point shot today, you know, that that's questionable. Uh, You know, the, the, the end, the end one, play against you know, Old Dominion, you know, the, the, he puts himself in those type of situations. And I think it's lack of experience from him. But he's played so much this year where I think you know, this is definitely going to help him in the long run, but again, he's a, he's another X, and that's really my X factor for this team, because this team needs double-double machines, and that's what Paul Thomas can provide for you. Now, he's done it against your Rice's, He's done it against your North Texas. His, you know, I don't remember exactly what he did against Middle Tennessee the first time, but, you know, that is definitely a guy that you need to have that double-double ability. You need to have him being able to stretch out to knock down that jumper, to be able to pump fake and go off that jumper, and the last time he played in middle Tennessee, you know, this is the type of performance you're going to need 10 of you know, 10 points. He went three of nine from the field, but he went four or five from the free throw line. And then he grabbed, uh, I think, in that one, he six rebounds. You know, you want to see that maybe in this game, especially in middle Tennessee, is going to be missing those three pointers that you're talking about. Yep. You want to see him grab nine or 10 boards, but that's the type of performance that you need. Three of nine tells me that was a bad, you know, the matchup. You know, kind of got to him a little bit. Third lane, three of nine. You know, I don't really remember too much of his shots in that game, but you know, he's the guy that can shoot at a high clip if you get if you leave him open. And that that is going to be a key too. So Paul Thomas, if he flirts with a near double double, mixed with those three keys you put in there, I really don't see there's no reason why UTEP could be able to just give themselves a chance in the end. And this that's what this team has done in the last 15 games, and that's really all you can ask for. That's all we were asking for when they were two and 13. Really. We're asking for a lot of other things, people getting fired and shit like that. But <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. But either way, I mean, tomorrow, I mean, w- what a storyline it would be for UTEP to just <laughs> do the unthinkable. Middle Tennessee State fighting for their, you know, their at-large lives. UTEP with a tremendous turnaround in, in, you know, Middle Tennessee State knocked us out the, knocked us out the tournament last year. Uh, semifinals, no, it was the quarterfinals last year. But, you know, either way, I mean, it's, it, it could be it could, this, this storybook, and we've talked about this. We were happy with the turnaround, you know, we're pleased with it, but for it to be a complete turnaround, for it for us to be on the quote-unquote Floyd bandwagon where it's like, okay, this guy's really earning his paycheck, games like tomorrow, uh, performances like tomorrow, winning performance, championship performances really kind of slide that and slide the, the approval rating for Tim Floyd in a huge way, and, and it's going to come down to that chess match, you know, we talked about you know, all the players we have to do, but you know, really, this is going to be a big coaching chess match. Two teams that have similar styles of defensive principles, you know, two teams that have similar style of offenses, even though Middle Tennessee is a little bit more looser, a little bit more off, uh, you know, wide open, three-point oriented, because they have, you know, experienced players, guys that have been in their system. But that's going to be a big key, too. And, you know, it's, you know, it's for Floyd. You know, I wonder what that pressure is. I wonder if there's any pressure on him. You know, yeah, with, with what's gone on this season, what's gone on in the past six seasons, what's gone on with this team, you know, I think he's got to feel pretty good. And I just wonder where that pressure level is for his guys to – that first under-16 media timeout is going to be pretty intense because, fuck that, we're trying to win this game. Not only for my sake, but to, to get – UTEP basketball back on the map and that, that could be an opportunity to do that, but I just wonder how much pressure is on Tim Floyd in terms of you know, just the intensity that he's bringing and, and, and attention to detail for this type of game, which I would
1: think would be pretty high at this point. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on him, to be honest with you. I mean, number one, we know his job is safe. Yeah, not going oh, the, the, yeah I'm not talking so, about so, that at no, all. I, I know you're not. I'm just saying like, that, that's, the, that's the start of things for pressure, you know what I'm saying? But like, when there is no pressure to really win I think the team that's gonna that's gonna face the most pressure is Middle Tennessee. They got a lot. They got a shitload of right now. UTEP is nothing. Is expected. Hey, look, there's that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say who you're talking about. Tim Floyd. Uh, <laughs> I
0: guess,
1: but I, let's do a live live interview right yeah, now. What yeah. does Tim, Tim got to say? Is, is this live? Let's see if y'all can hear this. Yeah, interview. players,
0: we got a terrific, terrific basketball coach. I think we Impromptu- like,
1: We got Sim Floyd uh, live, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs>
0: here, he Do you feel pressured, the coach? Course.
1: Oh, Dominic Artie. Oh, this is from earlier. This is the end of the game earlier. Unless unless is still in his uniform six hours later. <laughs>
0: <I'm a> gamer <laughs>
1: the game. No, but I'm just saying, you know, the pressure is gonna be on middle Tennessee. They they've had a great season. They're sitting at 28 and four, and they they can't afford to lose. They cannot afford to lose, especially lose to a team like like UTEP. You know, you might be able to sneak into the finals and lose Lotte, to that yeah. You know what I'm saying? Old Dominion. They but, have, a, but but you cannot lose again to a team like UTEP, where they have their their RPI in the two fifties or whatever, two, two, Whatever, it is, or two, yeah, whatever it is, you know, you can't afford to lose that, and then hope to still get your at-large big Because they've also lost to Tennessee State or something like that. Yeah. And that
0: that's three ugly-ass losses that's just going to stain their resume. And so
1: they, they really – the pressure is on them, in my opinion. You know, UTEP can come out and play loose. Nothing's expected of them. No, nobody's expecting them to come out and beat Middle Tennessee. They're the only ones that think they have a chance. You know what I'm saying? so there's – there's, I don't think there's any pressure on Tim Floyd or this team. I think the pressure is going to be on Middle Tennessee. And, they, sh- I mean, they shouldn't come out. As- I just don't know why there would be pressure on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing is expected of this team. Like, they're, they're, nobody's saying, oh, we need this win to get into the NIT or to get an NCAA tournament berth or whatever it might be. Keep nobody's, a streak alive. You know, nobody's saying that. And yeah. so it's just like, hey, man, it's been a good turnaround. If you guys win, great. If not, you know, we didn't really expect it to happen. So – I I just don't think there's that pressure there and I hope that benefits them tomorrow. And I mean, we'll just have to wait and find out, you know, middle Tennessee, you want to talk about pressure. They came out and put up 86 today. So, so does the (laughs) miners. We'll see what happens. If it's in the eighties, who wins it?
0: Damn, that's a damn good question. If it's
1: into the eighties, who wins it?
0: That tells me that either Dominic artists or Harris are, are going off and, and, the tempo may favor them because I, I know – I like Middle Tennessee's backcourt of Tyreek Dixon and, 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 uh, and Giddy Potts, but I think that means UTEP's backcourt is playing, really well. playing really well and you're getting shots from Jake Flagger and you're getting shots from Trey Touche and you're getting a Paul Thomas jumper. Like that That tells me that you're really, really breaking down you know, Middle Tennessee State and while well, Middle Tennessee State's getting theirs, but you're dropping daggers back in the way UTEP's yeah, – and that's one thing we didn't even talk about. UTEP's been pretty damn good in close games. I mean, they've been pretty damn good to to get to, for one, every game that they've lost in this stretch, they've had the last shot. Like normally you give a game away because you turn it over twice. And now you're down two scores to be, and you're, you're chasing, you know, you're trading free throws for three point Hail Mary. That is going to be a key for this UTEP team. So if the game gets into the eighties, I'll take UTEP's guards all day. I I I wouldn't bet my my little crib and truck on it, but you know I I, I would I would like my chances definitely with that. But you know, looking at the conference USA tournament, you know it's kind of gone. There's been no surprises really. I mean, yeah. UTSA mild upset over Western Kentucky. They got smacked backhanded yesterday. Um, You know you, the game that's going to be interesting. Well, the game that was interesting, the game that now turned into the most interesting game. Louisiana Tech just shit it all over uh, UAB. I mean, they just took them out defensively. And now this is uh, you're looking at this nightcap here. Old Dominion and Marshall. You know Louisiana Tech. I, I think they're going to be in trouble if they have to face Old Dominion. I don't think in trouble they're going to lose. I still, I, I honestly think Louisiana Tech is going to win this thing. Like if I picking from the beginning, Louisiana really? Tech would be my would be my guess. But I think they I think Louisiana Tech will will mop the shit out of Marshall if they play if Marshall beats Old Dominion but that Old Dominion Louisiana Tech game could be a classic game you know to to Middle Tennessee State or UTEP, but I really think Louisiana Tech is the team to beat right now. They proved it. Why did they prove the reason why is because they they can defend and they have three-point shooters. That was their key to beat UTEP, and you see the length that they have. You see the athleticism, I and, mean, you know, I, 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 <laughs> if I'm a Louisiana Tech fan, I'm rooting for Marshall because they're going to be able to put it to Marshall. That could be a fun game. That could be an up-tempo type of game, but, you know, that game tonight I think is really, really going to dictate, you know, how easy it is for Las Tech in the next round, but, you know, there's been no surprises The big surprise, though, that I want to happen starts at 1030 Mountain tomorrow, man. All right, Uh,
1: let's have it, then. What's the final score tomorrow, and who wins?
0: Man, I say Middle Tennessee wins in the 60s. Um, You know, UTEP has came really far. Uh, You know, this team has, has improved greatly, but Middle Tennessee State's been here. They have two guys that they rode to the tournament last year in Giddy Potts and, and and Reggie Upshaw and beat
1: Michigan,
0: Michigan State and you throw in Jacory Williams who's a tremendous player and I think everything I just think you know it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a close game it's gonna be a dog fight but I just really think that this is a game where UTEP's gonna make a mistake down you know where they're down two and just like I mentioned earlier UTEP's gonna be chasing free throws. Middle Tennessee State free throws with three-point hell Marys trying to get back in the game, but I, I I'm not I'm never gonna question the fight of this team like I was early in the year. I'm not gonna question the IQ of this team. I still may question the coaching decisions in game lineup stuff like that, but not the heart of this team. Not the heart of this UTEP team. They're gonna go out there. They're gonna fight. They're gonna lay it on the line. We know Tim Floyd's teams are at their quote-unquote best when the back's against the wall. Like you mentioned, you don't feel like back's against the wall, but in a sense, they can play that. They can pull that in their own locker room. Nobody expected us to be here, da-da-da-da. You know, that can work in their favor, but I just really think Middle Tennessee State has those quote-unquote intangibles, the guys that have been there before, the guys that know when to turn it on. I, I saw, I, you know, they turned it off in the second half against UTSA. You know, they, they kind of coasted, and then those type of teams are the mature teams, those, those teams that are kind of advanced, you know, athletically, mentally been there done that and I think that could hurt UTEP down the stretch you know hope I'm wrong I've been wrong most of the time this year that's why I'm picking against UTEP but I really really feel that Middle Tennessee stays intangibles it just could be a little bit too much in the end yeah I mean
1: I, I hear you and I and I think it's going to be the same I think UTEP is going to be able to to find their way into making it a, a you know a low scoring game but in the end I think middle Tennessee's just got too many weapons and um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think that we're going to, you know, it's going to end up being something. It's going to be a close one. I really do think we're yeah. going to have an opportunity down the stretch. May even think, have a lead for a second there. I think Middle Tennessee will find a shot or two late to kind of open things up a little bit, and it's probably going to end up being like a 63-58, 65-58 final, something like that. I stretch, say but, so yeah, we're, um, we're, we're... but we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I honestly think if any team has a well, – I shouldn't really say that. I think more teams have a chance to beat, you know, Middle Tennessee than just us. But we're the ones that have done it. You know what I'm saying? So, and this is a team. You know, one last thought on UTEP and, the, and what they've become. The only thing that they're really lacking is depth, because you look at their two guards. You know, and they're they're right up there with any other backcourt in the country. In majors, you know, yeah, uh, mid majors. No, I mean you're right, mid majors. I mean, there's probably some high majors that that, that are uh, Mellow Ball and you know, okay, but, can say hello. But either way, I mean, you're talking <laughs> about two guys that are averaging what. I don't know what exactly what the numbers are 16, and 18 Omega' 17 it is. and, and Artist is 15. They're playing their hard out playing 37, 38 minutes a game, semi- mean, November, <laughs> you know making clutch shots, taking over games. So these, these are two guys that are that are very athletic. so you've got the front court, you've got Paul Thomas, you know you've got a couple bigs, especially Matt Wilms. Um, so you've got a team that's actually got some real pieces to work with. The only thing they're missing is that depth, but in the words of Tim Floyd. The Calvary's coming. We'll see. Apparently, we'll see. We'll
0: see. Uh, Tomorrow, ten thirty. Seasons
1: are a journey. <laughs> Tomorrow, ten thirty Mountain Time. CBS College Sports. Middle Tennessee hosts. I don't know why I keep saying hosts. This is a neutral court. But either UAB way, they're the, host, the host, they're, the host, they're the home team. And UAB, hosted. Yeah, UAB yeah. hosted. UAB Middle hosted. Middle Tennessee. UTEP, ten thirty a.m. CBS College Sports. You all know where to find us. Minerush dot com. At SBN rush on Twitter. You all can get us throughout the game. Join the conversation, you know. Leave work for a little bit, or I don't. I don't even Take know what I'm supposed to do, man. Take the day off or something. Yo, I'm right down. You the, know what I'm sucks? Right down the you know what me. sucks real quick. You know what sucks about Utah playing at 10:30? If they lose, man, our days are fucked. The the rest of the day is just like fuck. Man. Oh, I still got like five or six beers,
0: and hopefully, <laughs> Minor Illustrated brings some tomorrow, tomorrow, and... I'll be all right. But, yeah, I know I said that. Is, that's going to be a long afternoon. But it'll be a crunk-ass afternoon if the a, a long 24 hours. And that's the thing. Saturday, I don't want to get too far ahead, but Saturday, remember back in the day it used to be like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock? Yeah. FS1 in the evening. So, it's a little bit better, right. but let's
1: get there first. Let's get there first. All right, 1030 tomorrow. You all see it. Take it easy. We're out. Hopefully we'll be doing it again tomorrow. Peace.